0: Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Chris Shruptrein from Kevil. He's a VP of Marketing there. and Chris, it's really nice to have you on. Yeah, yeah, excited. Really excited. So, Can you tell me a bit about yourself and about Kevil?
1: Yeah. So I'm currently the VP of Marketing at Kevil, and we're a SaaS platform for publishers who are looking to drive new ad revenue, generally through innovative ad units like native ads or sponsored listings. Right now, Kevil is almost 100 employees, and we raised a Series A last summer. And I've been the VP of Marketing here for five years now, a little over five years, uh, started with no team, but now uh, now the marketing team is for people. And in, in regards to myself, I've been in marketing for over a decade. Before that, I was doing customer success for a couple of years. And back in college, I studied English, was hoping to be the, the next best American author, you know, and then found a job right after college, 2008. Had to find something, right? uh, Working in a ad tech company during search engine marketing. And ultimately, I I stayed in that space, ad tech, enterprise marketing for, yeah, since since then. And I, I really have enjoyed it. The the challenges and opportunities that go along with enterprise marketing, as compared to consumer based software or CPGs, um, you know anything that uh, is a different definitely has a different strategy than than what we do. Totally. so
0: tell me about what marketing looks like at Kevl. What are you guys up to?
1: Yeah. Marketing at Kevil covers a lot of functions. So we oversee messaging, positioning, go to market strategy, driving inbound leads, managing the website, identifying outbound opportunities, crafting pitch decks, doing all the content, managing advertising shows, and so on. So we really uh, we do essentially all like the quintessential um, uh, marketing projects that you can think of. And uh, we are a very collaborative group with our sales team because being in enterprise software, our sales process is heavily sales driven. Um, but that really allows for marketing to get involved and assist because every sales touch point is a marketing touch point, right? It's a brand experience. So it's important for, for marketing and sales at our company to work
0: hand in hand. Very cool. So let's dive into today's topic, which is how to tell your company's story, how to use social proof, how to craft the messaging for growth and all this stuff. So Let's, uh, let's dive right in and, you know, tell us about how you're positioning, you know, your company's story and all that stuff and some of your experience there.
1: Yeah, um, we've, had a, we've had an interesting ride. We've been around 10, 11 years. And as any company that is a startup been around that long, like you're going to have gone through changes and pivots. And when we started uh, roughly around 2010, we were a traditional ad server We were helping companies show ads on their sites, generally like standard banner ads. And the behemoth in that space then and still is, is Google and their Google Ad Manager ad server product. So we decided after we realized after a couple of years that we just weren't going to compete with Google. And we had to really look at other opportunities for our company. Also, to sign up back then, we were called Adzerk, A-D-Z-E-R-K. And we decided that where we succeeded was in this infrastructure story around, hey, you know, we have APIs. Instead of just throwing a tag on your website or an SDK in your app, you could actually use our API, APIs on the back end to send an ad request we'll send you the details in a JSON response, and then you can insert that data onto your site. And there's a lot of benefits of this, uh, including being able to show like native ads. You think like Facebook's promoted posts or Amazon sponsored listings, all of those they built themselves. They're not using a third party tag to display mm-hmm. those. And we decided around 20, about when I joined 2016 to really focus on that messaging. And uh, when I when I joined uh, we were 15 people three years later we were 20 people so you know we still did not see a lot of growth in that time and a big part of that is even if you have a good product and you have a good a message we're leading with like oh you know, build native ads right uh, do what Facebook did um, if it's not aligned perfectly with what the market is looking for, it's not going to succeed. And what we ended up doing is focusing less on the ad unit itself, hey, build native ads, and really trying to tell the infrastructure story. And this was helped a lot by like Twilio and Stripe and all of these API companies that help you build complex platforms, sort of writing the coattails of that trend and switching from, hey, build native ads to, you know, we are an ad serving infrastructure, build the exact ad platform you want, regardless of ad units. And that, that really resonated with the market. Um, and, uh, you know, it goes with the flexibility, the customization, the engineering story, and not trying to be like, you should build exactly this. And with that, along with some like social proof that happened around that time, that I'll talk about a little bit later on as well, we started to see more growth. And about a year ago, we rebranded to Kevl. K E V E L, and the idea behind the rebrand was we didn't want to be beholden to just ads. Customers use us in a, a variety of formats that they may not consider ads, like these promoted listings, sponsor listings, or optimizing internal promotions, just the content on their site in general. But also, when you when you see a company with the name with with the word "ad" in front of it, you're going to be thinking "ad network." They're trying to they want to pitch me to join their uh, ad exchange so that they can give me their advertisers they're bringing to the table. And we really want to step back and say, no, like we're a tech platform, we're independent. We don't provide advertisers. And, and switching to something that was more of a coined word enabled us to more easily to do that.
0: So I imagine a lot of uh, B2B marketers, especially at startups, find themselves in this place of, you know, there's some go-to-market changes, there's product market fit, and then there's the actual marketing component and telling the company's story and the messaging and all that. How do you go about uh, handling that? So obviously, if you know the company's working on product market fit, go to market. You're working on marketing and messaging. How do you keep updated day to day with how we're going to market? And then telling that story and you know what are some of the tactics that you've used. Uh, to kind of keep current and keep updated with all the changes going on?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And I would say the strategies we take there is keeping a close eye on competitors, uh, you know, having a list of who's doing what, checking their site every once in a while to see if they've pivoted or updated their messaging, also keeping abreast with all industry papers. We have a nice Slack channel that pings us with uh, every new article from like Digiday, Ad Exchanger, and a couple of other sources. And even if you're just reading the headlines there, you can see what's being talked about. You can mm. see the stories that people want to Want to pursue and read, uh, so you don't even have to like you know read the whole article to get a gist of what's going on in the industry. But I, I think like the biggest indicator of whether you're doing something right is, I mean, this is a revolutionary statement, but you know, are you getting inbound leads? Are you getting responses to outbound messaging? Are you driving sales? And really looking at, all right, if I'm testing this messaging. On my site, what does my conversion rates look like? Because it is a leading indicator. If your conversion rate goes up after you've tweaked your messaging, that that resonates more with the audience. Um, and then same with like pitch decks and measuring the conversion rates between different stages of the funnel. Once it gets to state, once it gets to sales, and really trying to understand what is and what isn't working. Um, and I and I think it's that feedback loop that um, pushes you to. Uh, Be aware of any, if there needs to be like a change or a pivot. One thing that we do that I think is one of the most effective tactics that we've employed is on our contact form, we ask for what are they looking to do with Kevin. And there's a lot of mixed opinions about forms, right? Like you should ask as little as possible to increase that form fill out rate, versus adding way too many forms and the person saying, I don't want to do this, but that single handedly gave us has given us so much data that Mm. it's enabled us to shape our messaging Um, as an example one reason we decided to focus more on that, like build a custom ad server infrastructure story is we went back and looked at all of our inbound leads and what people were putting in and like 30% of them used the phrase ad server. So this was Mm -hmm. even when we were doing the native ads messaging and we were like, all right, we're leading with this message but they're clearly thinking of it like this. Let's switch to this. So when you're asking people what they want to use you for, they are telling you in their own words how they identify you, and you know that needs to be aligned. If that's not aligned, people who uh, may be interested in an ad server aren't gonna see that word in the right spot and and not reach out. So I highly recommend that to anyone. Uh, and as a side note, I did test removing it once, and I think the decrease in conversion rate was like five percent. Yeah, right. Went from ten percent to to 9.5%. Like it was nothing in the grand scheme of things. The yeah. incremental value was worth whatever decrease in leads we got.
0: It's just so much more value. Yeah. That's a great insight. And I imagine when you're thinking about this, go to market, product market fit, messaging, all this, there's all sorts of different seats at the table. I imagine marketing, sales, maybe the CEO or GDM leader, I uh, How, like, how is this driven? Is it largely, for you, was it driven by marketing? You guys testing messaging and then working it backwards into the product and product market fit? Or was there, like, sales learning things? And then it's like, hey, we learned this thing. Here's the messaging. Or maybe the CEO's, like, doing his own research project. Where was it driven by? And, you know, if it was driven from multiple places, how did you guys get all together and Sync up on, you know, where to go and direction to move.
1: Yeah, for for Kevl, it's historically been a little bit more marketing driven than okay. maybe other companies would have seen. That said, as mentioned before, there there's just a strong collaboration with sales, so there's a really great feedback loop with that team to understand what they're saying, what they're hearing, and you know that just gets ingrained in the marketer's head. And then when figuring out like what to test out, you know, that becomes part of the equation. Also, what I've found to be effective is doing A-B tests on the website. And when you're looking at like, oh, hey, this messaging performs X percent better, you know, that's data points you can bring to the table and say, I really think we should pursue this because we know it's working. I think in different companies, uh, you know, product will have more, of a say than, than others. And I, and I think with our company, we do have that feedback loop with product as well, um, as, as one should. Um, but the really nice thing about Kevin where I feel fortunate is, uh, there's never been a situation where I've been like, the market is totally moving this way. We need to pivot the product this way. Like we have a vision for our product that has aligned with what the market wants. Just our mm-hmm. messaging hasn't always been perfect the there. So it, it's it's more like the product is is what customers want, and like how do we tell that story in the right way?
0: I love that. So what are uh, what are some of the landmines or mistakes that other marketers can walk into? Uh, when trying to figure out this messaging and test it and all that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, not doing A-B testing and uh, just going with gut and saying this is going to work better. There have been plenty of times I've said this is going to be the best and it ends up being the worst performer. You just really don't know. I think not being quick enough to pivot as well and to adjust your go-to-market strategy. So uh, as you can imagine, as Kevil has evolved, as we've rebranded, as we picked up funding, you know, our go-to-market strategy has drastically changed. And for the longest time, it was heavily dependent on inbound leads. And we've since started to focus a little bit more on building an outbound team for cold emails, building out our account-based marketing strategy. Um, and if we hadn't have done these, like we wouldn't have seen the recent growth we've had this year. So it's like important to adjust based on the stage of your company and market dynamics to what that go-to marketing strategy is. And that should change. We, I mean, as an example, as a marketing team, we have different quarterly goals. And we're like, this quarter, I want to focus on site traffic. This quarter, I want to focus more on social proof, et cetera. And like being able to identify what those micro goals are and adjusting your strategy allows you to capture the fact that you know, stories evolve, companies evolve, and you can't stick to just the same tactic and execution every every year.
0: Totally. So as your messaging evolves, does the target, you know, user persona evolve too? Has, has that changed or has that largely stayed the same for you guys?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting conundrum, right? It's like if you've got the right messaging, you know, Should that change? Should your target audience change? And if it does, is that like a pivot in the market? Is that a pivot in the product? And I would say for us, we really honed in on the target market early. We knew that we are serving two different buckets. One is the technical product or engineering side looking to build their own product, use APIs, they're aware of Twilio, Stripe, et cetera. And the other is the business side that knows they should monetize or they see Facebook and Amazon driving this crazy ad revenue. And they're like, we should do that. So we've always known those are our two markets. And I, for the last five years those continue to be our core markets. And, you know, whether we're fortunate in that or you're like, Chris, you need to adjust it right now because you've been doing it too long. You're clearly wrong. You know. Who knows? But um, I think it's important that if you build something people like, if you have product market fit, that shouldn't change too much, right? Like you should go out there, you should keep telling the same story. If you really believe it and you know there's value there, if you are switching up your messaging like substantially or your target market substantially, Uh, I I think it's a sign that like, you're not like, you don't have product market fit right now. And, Mm -hmm. and I think we have had that through the last few years and it's been a lot of just tweaking the messaging to make it more clear what we're doing, what we're doing, the value add versus necessarily like, Oh, our target audience
0: is not who we thought it was. Um, that makes sense. That's more on product market fit versus messaging. So, okay. Well, uh, what final advice do you have as we're wrapping up here for other marketers out there that are looking to you know tweak their messaging, tell their company's story, all this kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I think I'll reiterate uh, an earlier comment. Um, so every every company is different, uh, and it's not just your products, it's not just your target market, you know it's your team. No other company has ever had a marketer like you on the team, a CEO like you have, you know, every every company is going to be comprised of different people with different skill sets. Uh, nobody's had the timing in the market like you have. You know, there are so many different permutations that are unique to you. This means like never take blanket advice from somebody like me, because I'm in my own specific stage of a specific company with my own specific skill sets. Um, you really have to look at, you know, everything that's unique to you and your company and your product, and then customize your positioning, your go-to-market strategy based on all those factors. Like, don't tell yourself, oh, you know, I'm a one-person marketing team, but we're going to have a crazy, we're going to produce a lot of crazy, amazing content this quarter or this year if you're not a great writer, right? Like, you may be great at other things, but so you really have to uh, acknowledge weaknesses and faults and like budget, right? You can only do so much with with so much budget and then
0: adjust uh, based on
1: all of those, um,
0: that data. Hold on. Well, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining, Chris. And uh, I appreciate the conversation today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brad. I was uh, happy to join.
0: Yeah.